Hello! Welcome to Big Faith, hosted by the Simple Truth Campus Ministry at the University of Arkansas. Faith is not simply an elusive ideal in our lives. Having faith actually provides power in the way that we live. Faith not only inspires us to focus on the more important things, but our own faith enables God to work all the more powerfully in our lives. My name is Josh, and I am joined here by Ted. Hey, everyone. And by Ronnie. It's a great day in the neighborhood. It is. Uh, welcome, you guys. Ronnie, how do you feel being on the podcast for the first time? I'm excited. I've never been on a podcast before. My family a while ago told me I don't have the voice for it, but I'm going <laughs> to prove them wrong. Wow. Yeah, this is your moment to shine. Yeah. Uh, just so you listeners know, Ronnie is not actually a part of our Simple Truth Campus Ministry. She's a part of our sister campus ministry up in St. Louis. She leads it, uh, Gateway City Ministry, is that what it is? Gateway City Campus? Yep, Gateway City Campus Ministry. Great. Uh, leads it with uh, Jeff Hughes, who was on uh, not too long ago on the podcast. And Ted, how do you feel being back? I'm excited. Oh. Excited. It, you yeah. sound really just... Just ready to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, let's get into the scripture, guys. We are going to be reading Genesis uh, chapter 15, starting in verse 7. It says, He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said, To your descendants I give this land, from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. So, a pretty interesting passage, maybe one of the more complicated ones we've looked at on our podcast thus far. Uh, I'm going to open it up to you first, Ronnie. What kind of stands out to you in this passage? What kind of sticks out, interrupts you maybe? Honestly, a few things. Um, I, I do feel like I have some questions after reading this. Sure. Um, yeah, just the the whole part about bringing the animals, cutting them in half. Mm -hmm. um, 
all of the Abram falling into a deep sleep and there's darkness. Um, sure. Is that just yeah. nighttime or I don't know what, yeah, like, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> sure. So, uh, maybe I can shed a little light, uh, pun intended on this. Maybe, uh, I I've done a little bit of research on some of this stuff, uh, prior to us recording here. And, uh, they used to do in that day and age, and I might be a little off on some of this, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but, uh, they used to do this thing that was called like a blood path covenant where, uh, it was typically done for marriages. So it'd be a covenant between the father of the bride and the groom. And they would take those animals and cut them in half and put one one half on one side and one half on the other. The sides of this valley, uh, a small valley, right? Like a, like a little stream, maybe a ravine. And uh, so the blood would pool in the middle uh, and make what would look like a little path between the, the two sides of this ravine or valley. And then what they would do is they would step across that path, the blood path, and uh, make their covenants. So uh, basically for the, the father, uh, he would, you know, be, be blessing the, their marriage, their union, and uh, give them whatever dowry or what, what have you. And then the husband would basically be saying, I'm going to be true. Uh, to your daughter and I'm going to treat her well and take care of her. And the point of the blood aspect of the blood path is almost like a, you have every right to kill me in cold blood if I don't live up to that covenant. Uh, so kind of colors this whole uh, passage in, a, in a, a considerably different light, knowing that that was a common thing that would happen in that day and age, right? Did, does that help at all, Ronnie? Yeah, that's super helpful. Sure. That, like, so with a whole different light. Yeah, with that understanding, what kind of sticks out to you? Well, I think just the idea of Abram, I don't know, like asking for evidence maybe, or, or saying like, okay, how, how will I know this is going to happen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then God going to like great lengths to right. to like show him that like this is how serious i am about you and you being made into a great nation and like i'm gonna make this covenant with you this really serious marriage like covenant right um, yeah yeah and and so i i love that i think it really says a lot about god that he's willing to put it all on the line here and be like this I, this means a lot to me I really appreciate you bringing that up because, you know, it's really easy to see God almost as like that he expects so much from us, but doesn't really do much. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's definitely not true, but I feel like it can be really easy to fall into this like, man, why would I do all this stuff for God? What has he done for me? Uh, but here we see, man, God is laying his very life on the line. And saying, you know what, I am, I am this serious about uh, this deal with you that uh, I'm as good as dead if I don't actually hold up mine of the bargain. And amen, we have a, a whole uh, Bible full of him fulfilling his promises, which is super cool, right? Uh, yeah. Ted, what do you think about all this, what we're sharing about this blood path and the seriousness to God of this covenant? 
Yeah, I think uh, to me, I don't know, it's just <clears throat> a very interesting story to kind of, you know, get an understanding of like what's going on here. To me, what kind of catch my attention is God is telling a- Abraham here um, that he's, you know, going to bless him with, with all this land and possession. Mm-hmm. And then Abram asked him, you know, how will I know yeah, that this is true. Right. Um, and, you know, that's such a, such a thing that, you know, I could see myself doing too. Right. Um, me as a human, like, I like to, to, you know, see, see it in my eyes mm-hmm. in order to, like, you know, believe. Um, right. And, you know, in the same way Abram's doing this, asking God, like, how, how are you going to, you know, give that to me? Um, and, you know, God goes out and he uh, kind of you know, instructs him how he will do it. And then, um, you know, God kind of addressed to him, like, for this amount of time, your people are going to suffer. Um, sure. But then you will be rewarded, you know, with all this great land uh, and you can possess all that. Um, and, you know, if I was Abraham, I think, man, like, I don't know, I, I would kind of be uh, kind of questioning, like, 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 man, is this is this really something that I'm going to go forward with? Or, you know, if I'm just going to tell God, you know, God, I don't know if I want to suffer for 400 years and, you know, my people suffer. Um, right. You know, that's a lot to take in. Yeah, uh, for sure. And to not even see the result until later on, um, I think I would, you know, maybe hesitate to even want to go through and, and, and go forward with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that that's just... I don't know, really, really interesting to me um, and kind of like our life, you know, here on earth. Hmm. Think of like, you know, we're, we're, we're on this journey to you know live on earth and to be a disciple. Um, and, you know, we're going to be rewarded hmm. um, eventually, you know, to be one, in, you know, in heaven with God and, you know, with all the um, other believers. And so, but in order to, you know, get to that point, you know, we live on this earth, you know, filled with a lot of, you know, whack stuff that can sometimes, you know, pull us down or you sure. know, kind of hinder us from, you know, wanting to you know, get to that goal. And, you know, it's just kind of all this, you know, a little bit of suffering to get to that point of, you know, happiness. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's how I kind of see this when I read this scripture here. Yeah, that's a, a man. I really appreciate your perspective and your insight here. I love how the Old Testament uh, not that the New Testament doesn't do this also, but the Old Testament is written in a way that we can really connect with the characters. Because Abraham lived in such a different time as us, right? Like, we had never heard of this whole blood path business. I mean, I got married and I did not do any of that, right? Uh, and so we live in such a different time as him. And yet, we can read these words on this page and feel a connection uh just like what you were sharing that you're putting yourself in his shoes and wondering like man what was he feeling what was he thinking when he said this man i would totally do that same thing right in verse eight like sovereign lord how can i know that i will gain possession of it man that's so me sometimes right that we see us in the the actions that he does and i love that about the Old Testament. And I think that that's something of the the kind of narrative style that I 
just adore when it comes to God's word that it invites us to put ourselves in the places of the the characters. But I I really think that that's a spot on analogy, if analogy is the right word even, that that this is ultimately all of our lives, uh, that that we are living here uh, this, this time where you know, maybe we were enslaved by sin, enslaved by the the way that the world works, the way that the wheels turn, and uh, that God just wants us to be out of that. And yes, uh, we will go through a time of uh, being not in heaven, but God is going to bring justice ultimately. Uh, and I love that idea. And, you know, during the time of us recording this, I think that there's a lot of stuff going on this could apply literally any time, so I'm sure there will be more stuff that comes up, but there's a lot of stuff going on that feels like it's very unjust. Uh, a lot of people rising up and uh, in agony over the lack of justice brought in a bunch of these situations. Uh, but I think, you know, when we put our faith in mankind to be just and in mankind to to uphold God's justice, that's uh, where we can so often go wrong when we actually need to be putting our faith in God to be just uh, and in God to really uh, answer that lack of justice that we see. Sometimes it doesn't happen as fast as we'd like it to, uh, but I love here how he says in verse 14, but I will punish the nation. They serve as slaves and afterward they will come out with great possessions, right? It'll end up better than it ever started and more just than it ever could have been uh, as long as our God has something to do with it. So I really love that. Uh, something, Ted, that you said that, that I thought was really interesting was you said if you were in Abram's shoes, you would feel reluctant to almost go through with this covenant. And I want to kind of extend that same thought to Ronnie, uh, Ronnie, in this situation here, what kind of feel do you get from Abram? Do you feel like he's kind of raring to go or is he reluctant? Kind of like what Ted said he would be doing. Well, I think what's cool about Abram is that like he trusts his relationship with God enough to like ask God to prove himself or to like right. go to that place with God. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that, that he's like asking these questions out of a little bit of reluctancy. Like, how will I know for sure like what can you do to show me that this is definitely going to happen right and i think even in i'm not sure what you guys what all you covered in your last podcast but even at the beginning of, of chapter 15 he is kind of like man like how is this going to work out like are you mm -hmm. really going to come through god like how how is any of this going to happen yeah yeah so i i sense a little bit of reluctancy maybe or a little bit of like needing some kind of reassurance that that this is going to happen the way it's supposed to right to kind of follow up with that, why do you think he's so reluctant? Not like, what's your evidence for his reluctance? You've already given that. But, you know, what's making him feel so reluctant? Well, I think there's, like, there's promises that were made to Abram that he hasn't yet seen fulfilled. Right. And so I, I think that makes it hard. I know for myself, like, when I, I feel like, okay, where is this promise that, like, when is God going to come through on this? When is God going to show me? that mm -hmm. this is actually going to happen. I think fear starts to creep in a little bit and 
an insecurity of like, man, what if what God said isn't true? Or what if even like, what if I'm not good enough to, to like fulfill what God has before me? But I would guess maybe some of the reluctancy is, yeah, realizing how big this is and, and realizing that some of the things that God has promised, like he doesn't have a son yet to to carry on this nation. Right. So yeah, so not seeing that promise come to fruition yet. Yeah. yeah. Doubt and fear starts to creep in a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that in our lives even we can feel like that, right? Yeah. If I haven't seen God work, if if God hasn't impressed me lately with yeah. how incredibly he is that we can just kind of lose sight of all that and start doubting can God even really make a difference? Can God even do that? Yeah, I definitely see that. Uh, another side, and maybe I'm just reading into it uh, too much, so uh, bear with me, but something that I'm trying to wrap my head around is he makes this, uh, like we sh shared earlier, this blood path, right? That the whole point of it was for both parties to make this covenant. And what were they supposed to do? Uh, they were supposed to walk across it to make a covenant. Abram never does that. And when you walk across the whole announcement of it, the declaration was, I am willing to live like this. I'm willing to abide by this covenant. So I wonder if part of his reluctancy is not just, I totally agree with what you shared, not just that he doesn't know if God's going to hold up his end of the bargain, but maybe it's self-doubt of like, yeah. can I hold up my end of the bargain? Am mm -hmm. I capable of really doing what God calls me to do? And so far, uh, what has he done, right? God called him to leave from Ur of the Chaldeans, and he called him to leave his home, what, what he was used to, and he went, right? That's incredible. But that's before he even made this covenant. So if I were in his shoes, I'd be wondering like, man, what is God going to call me to give up? And I'm, am I going to be willing to do it? I think that that's a really scary thought that I feel like can creep into our minds when we're choosing to be with God or not, to follow God or not, to make Jesus Lord or not, is, man, am I really going to be able to do it? I think that's a, that's a real question. So maybe I'm just looking too, too much into this. I don't know, Ted... What do you think about all that? Yeah, um, I totally agree. And the point that you said that, you know, Abram could have like a little bit of, you know, self-doubt in this. You know, I, I for, for one would definitely have a little bit of self-doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, like, man, am I really going to hold my end of the bargain here? Imagine halfway through, you know, completing this and I, you know, messed up, you know, all that time passed. Right. Has gone to waste, like definitely. You know, I see your point of you know how big a deal you know this was, mm -hmm. and how really how much you have to really consider you know going through this. And you know, uh, for Abram, there's no doubt that you know there was a lot you know he had to consider and really think of before you know going through with this. No doubt that he um, trusts God and he you know he went through with all that. Right. I appreciate you sharing all that. I think it can be really scary sometimes uh, to really think about what things that God is really going to call us to do, us to live out. But we, we can look here to Abram and kind of 
just see who God is. Looking back at the passage itself, the the scene here is really intriguing, right? Because Abram, you know, he does all this work to make the blood path, and then these birds come to eat it? I'm not sure. I don't get that part, really. And then as the sun's setting, he, he falls into a deep sleep, a thick and dreadful darkness come over him. I, I feel like that's kind of what we've been talking about, right? Is he he's almost wallowing in his own self-doubt and even doubt of God, just doubt as a whole. And it kind of comes over him as this darkness. That's my understanding of it. Maybe it was just dark. I don't know. But I think it's really interesting what ends up happening here after God shares about, you know, what would inevitably be Egypt uh, and what Ted aptly pointed out as as reflecting in our own lives uh, and in our own pursuits of being able to be with God uh, as well. But what happens starting in verse 17 is what I want to focus on here. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. What happened there? <laughs> Ted, What what is that talking about? Honestly, I, I have no clue. <laughs> I have a theory. Uh, Ronnie, do you have any thoughts about it? I don't. I mean, I my guess would be something also of like covenant language, like <laughs> some kind of covenant. Sure, maybe. I, I don't know any uh, context that would help this as far as like knowing something that commonly happened in that day or anything like that, but... Uh, one thing that I think is consistent throughout Scripture is uh, God presenting himself uh, to humanity in the form of fire, right? If you think mm -hmm. about how did God talk to Moses, he was a burning bush, right? A bush yeah. that was on fire but not consuming, which is really interesting. Uh, if you think about God leading his people out of Egypt, how did he do that? He was a pillar of smoke and fire. Uh, even in Acts chapter 2, uh, the, the tongues that came on to the disciples uh, at the day of Pentecost were tongues of fire. And that was the Holy Spirit coming on them so that they could speak in tongues uh, in that specific scenario. So what we see is all throughout the scriptures, God is this fire. His presence is a, a smoke or a fire. And so if I was... Uh, Abram and I was, you know, in a, in a deep kind of darkness, asleep, and I look out on the blood path and I see these little dancing flames, like a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch, maybe, and it crosses the blood path. What I would understand that to mean is that God Himself came down and made that covenant deal. Uh, but the fact that he saw two things pass between the pieces tells me that God didn't just make his end of the bargain. He said, I'm going to fulfill your end of the bargain, too, because we never see Abram actually cross. Uh, so maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. Uh, Ronnie, what do you think about all that? I feel like I'm starting to, to understand what's going on here a little bit. Um, OK, so. I'm just just to recap. Yeah, great. Of what what you were saying, so there's this marriage-like covenant. You cut the animals, mm -hmm. let the blood make a path, 
Yes. And then after the path is made, we see Abram going to this deep sleep when in, in like normal covenant, it would have been him walking the path, but instead he falls into a sleep or something. Right. Yeah. And then, and then instead of Abram walking the path at all, it's God coming down to, to say, Hey, I'll fulfill the requirements of this covenant. Like I'll be the one who is accountable to death if, right. if I don't hold up my end of the bargain. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you think about all that? If that's, that's the case, super, that's a hot take. Yeah. But. I mean, that's super deep. Like that, obviously the Bible is deep, but, <laughs> um, but I, gosh, I, I just feel like what it makes me think about is how God like constantly meets us where we're at and mm-hmm. is like constantly willing to sacrifice himself yeah. for us. And, and obviously we see that really clearly in Jesus, but I guess over and over probably in the Old Testament, as well, like this right. idea that the God that we serve is willing to to put him on his own self on the line, right? Yeah, for us exactly. Uh, and you know, even if that's not what is actually going on here, which it's it all checks out in my mind, uh, because that's definitely the story of the Bible, right? And yeah. I think it was a really astute uh, insight that you had there that Jesus is the ultimate. Uh, completion of this covenant right that god basically said look i know you can't fulfill your end of this bargain i know you can't meet this covenant so just take a nap and i'm gonna come down and fulfill it myself right i will be humanity fulfilling this covenant myself because i know you guys can't do it so i'll fulfill it for you uh and he pays with his own blood for that very covenant uh so almost simultaneously he's fulfilling abram and all of our uh lack of being able to fulfill the covenant in dying right and he's fulfilling our ability to to fulfill that covenant and be righteous simultaneously in one fail swoop right i i just think that's really amazing uh, yeah. that, that Jesus really came down and did that. You know, if, if there's one thing that I know, like, in anything that God does, he does it in a really amazing way. Throw you off, you know? And, and this, this, you know, what ha- what what's happening here in, in verse 17, I picture God kind of, you know, making claims to, you know, Abram fulfilling his end of the deal also, mm-hmm. uh, but in such a very theatrical way. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's, you know, very, very cool Yeah, to, to understand and get that perspective. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love how God really goes the extra mile uh, on this. And I think it really says a lot about who God is, ultimately, that, you know, he wants to be there to answer Abram for his doubts, as well as just meeting him where he's at. And simultaneously he is planning for this masterful elegant covenant to be brought to fruition that would allow uh, for him to be able to dwell with us for him to fulfill as much as he needed to so that we could be with him amen we're all looking forward to that day that we can be with him in completion and in fullness uh, in heaven Thank you guys so much for joining us, you listeners out there. Thank you so much, Ronnie and Ted, 
for being on the podcast. This has been Big Faith with Simple Truth. Uh, Make sure you tune in next week. We are not going to stick to a deadline of every Wednesday, but we are definitely going to put out a podcast every week. So thank you guys so much for joining us. I can't wait to see you next week.